0: Thank you for your word. God, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you loved us first. God, that we didn't earn uh, your affection. We didn't earn our salvation. It's by your grace and your grace alone. Lord, would you help us to believe that? Help us to receive your mercy and your grace today. God, I pray that you would speak through me now. Lord, would your words come out of my mouth and not my own? God, I pray for every heart in here that they would uh, receive whatever you have for them this morning. Students, if you would, just take a minute and pray for yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to encourage you, to convict you, to draw you near to himself. And then if you would, take a moment and just pray for me. Ask God to speak through me that it wouldn't be my words here this morning, but it would be God. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Would you speak to us this morning and have your way? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you guys are in the second week of a month-long series on sex and dating. Uh, And so, welcome. You guys braved it. We're gonna be in week two. Last week... We had a fun time together talking about uh, what is kind of a big picture overview of what God has to say about uh, sex, about relationships. We looked at what are kind of some of the boundaries that that God has set forth within that. Um, And and we saw that God made uh, sex to be a good thing. He designed it. He's not afraid of it or scared of it. No, God set it up and he designed sex to be a good, healthy thing, but within his boundaries, which is marriage between one man and one woman, and within those boundaries, it is good and healthy and 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 awesome, but outside of those boundaries it it leads us to a lot of pain and heartache and brokenness and so we we looked at that, we also looked at kind of some what are some hot button uh, topics that the world is telling us. One thing, and we looked at what God is saying. So we, we looked at uh, things like pornography, masturbation, sex before marriage, uh, homosexuality. We saw that that whenever we give in to sexual immorality before uh, marriage or with marriage, but we we're talking about before, when we give in to sexual immorality, when we, when we let that become a habit. We are training ourselves to respond to immorality. We are training ourselves to. Uh, to crave the adrenaline rush that we get from immorality, whether it be pornography or masturbation, whatever. And whenever we train ourselves in that, and then we get married when it's no longer immoral to be physically intimate, then we, we, we say, man, it's just, it's just not the same. It's not the same. And you, you lose that, that passion. And, and guys, that, that is the path to adultery unless you cut it off and start really fighting against it. And so we, we did kind of a big picture overview last week. This week, we're gonna jump into uh, the, the relational side of things. And we're gonna look at what does God have to say about uh, attraction and what we should be looking for in a potential spouse, potential uh, dating partner. Um, you know, I think a lot of us, and especially uh, the world and this culture, um, people will look at movies, they'll watch movies like The Notebook or Beauty and the Beast, and they'll, they'll say, all right, I watched a two-hour movie. I, I, I think I'm I'm ready to start dating. I'm ready to get married. Like, I, I know. Ryan Gosling taught me a lot about what it means to be a husband. No, he didn't. He did not. We, we look at Beauty and the Beast, and we're like, oh, okay, so uh, if, I, if I'm a girl, I'm just going to go on a bike ride, on a horse ride. I'm going to go to a castle, and this crazy, like, bear is going to capture me. And then he's going to throw things and yell at my face, but then we're going to fall in love. And uh, no worries. Like, it, it's good. That, that's what romance is, right? Like, if we just listen to the culture and we look at what the media is telling us, uh, a lot of people just kind of take the, the training of uh, entertainment. And they say, okay, now I'm ready to, to go and do the real thing. And it reminds me a lot of a, a video clip that, that I actually uh, know and love where these guys, they see a, a short uh, video of something that's pretty cool and interesting and then they decide to start acting it out and living it out and uh, chaos ensues. Check this out. Blackboard. Parkour! Parkour! Extreme! Parkour! Parkour! This is Parkour. Internet sensation of 2004, and it was in one of the Bond films. It's pretty impressive. The goal is to get from point A to point B as creatively as possible, so technically they are doing parkour, as long as point A is delusion and point B is the hospital. Ah! The okay, we all go together, or we go one at a time. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, Truck to refrigerators to dumpster. 360 spin onto the palace backflip gainer into the trash can. Yes, so yeah! Gainer! Yeah, yeah. yeah! Hardcore parkour! Hardcore parkour! I'm right behind you, Andy! Come on! Do it! Yeah! <laughs> parkour! Guys, that is what so many of us do when it comes to relationships. We, we see uh, movies, we see like these romantic comedies, and we're like, oh, that looks fun and easy. You just, you just meet someone at a coffee shop, and then they start stalking you, and then you fall in love, and then you, you're married happily ever after. No, yes, thank you for all those no's. That, that's not how it works. But we, we just like these guys, we see something that's, that's good and fun, and, and we say, okay, I've, I've seen a few... Movie clips, I, I know how relationships work, and then we, we end up jumping off a truck and breaking our legs. Uh, or in the dating realm of things, we uh, break even something worse than our legs, we, we break our hearts, we, we break our souls, and we, we carry all this baggage from, from all these broken relationships because we didn't take the time to really train ourselves and to learn, okay, what does God have to say about how to do relationships well? What does God have to say about what I should be looking for in a, a potential spouse, a potential uh, dating partner? And so today we're going to look at that. We're going to say, see what God has to say through his word about what we should look for in uh, somebody else that we want to date and then one day marry. And so I'm going to refer to uh, this phase here today as the attraction phase of of dating, and so this is this is pre dating when you're uh, you're single and you're looking at all these people that you're meeting and you're wondering, okay, should I should I pursue a relationship with them or them or them? Uh, this is the attraction phase of dating, and so we we want this whole phase to be uh, characterized by uh, this is this is basically like a filter, and so you have. The filter of uh, relationships before you. So, if you have a, a, a flat filter here, you want to take everybody that you meet, and they're like a big pile of dirt, right? Because there's a lot, there's a lot of dirt out there. You want to take everybody you meet and put them into your filter, and then shake it and see all, all the dirt falls out. What what gold is left here on top? What what precious jewels are left whenever you shake out? All the dirt. You want to be filtering everybody that you meet through God's filter to see who is left on the other side, who you should pursue relationship with. And so to see what God has to say about that, we're going to look at Song of Songs. Solomon, King Solomon, wrote this entire book uh, on dating, sex, marriage, relationships, conflict, um, and he called this his song of songs meaning Solomon wrote over a thousand songs, the Bible tells us, and he's saying this is the pinnacle, this is the peak song that I ever wrote. This is my song of songs. And so we're going to just jump right into the verses. Um, A lot of them are confusing and kind of, uh, they have some deep metaphors that When I first read through, I was like, okay, I I don't get any of that. But okay, once you do some more research, you see the truth that it is uh, communicating to us. And so we'll start in in verse one. It says, kiss me and kiss me again, for your love is sweeter than wine. So this is Solomon's wife talking to him. So there's a couple of different players in Song of Songs. You have uh, King Solomon, you have Solomon's wife. And then you have uh, just kind of the, the other people, the friends around them. And they're kind of categorized into three groups. And so this is Solomon's wife talking to Solomon. This is while they are married. She says, kiss me and kiss me again. Your love is sweeter than wine. And so they're married. And uh, apparently in the middle of this, this physical intimacy that they're sharing, that is good, Uh, she is starting to now reminisce on the beginning of their relationship and think back to what attracted her to him initially. And so she says, this is thinking back to the beginning, how pleasing is your fragrance? Your name is like the spreading fragrance of scented oils. No wonder all the young women love you. So uh, what what does that mean? Um, In the Bible times people didn't take a lot of showers. They didn't bathe a lot. And so they they had a lot of BO. And what they would do is they would take perfumes and oils and they would try to mask their scent with uh, different perfumes and and spices so that they wouldn't smell like, like a butt to everyone that they met. And so what she's saying here is that, look, Solomon, you are attractive to me. Your, your fragrance is pleasing. You are pleasing to me. When I first met you, uh, I, I was attracted to you. And then she goes on to say, but your name is like the spreading fragrance of scented oils. Your name is like perfume that's just coming through the air and, and, and is giving me uh, all these good feels. Why is that? Well, his name is his character, Somebody's name is their characters. It's who they are as a person deep inside. And she's saying, look, Solomon, his, his name, who he is, was like the sweetest of perfumes. It was so pleasing to me, so attractive to me. Is the most attracting thing about him was his, his character and who he was. Proverbs 22.1 says, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. As we want to be living our lives in such a way that, that we are growing our character, we're growing our reputation, because when we do, we become more and more attractive to other people and when we're looking out for that in a potential spouse, we, we can get the, the best um, relationship possible when we look for people with high character. So if, if that's the case, what does it mean to have good character? What does it look like to have good character? Well, first of all, the, the Bible tells us that to have good character, you need to love Jesus. You need to know Christ. So when you're, when you're looking uh, for the potential person that, that you 're wanting to date, you have to ask yourself do they, do they really love Jesus? Are they pursuing God are, are they are they trying to kill sin in their lives or are, are they not not perfect, but are they, are they progressing? Are they growing in their relationship with Jesus? Um, I, I hear so many people doing what, what I like to call missionary dating. They're, they're saying, hey, you know what, that person's really cute, and they, they don't know Jesus, but I'm, I'm going to go get in a relationship with them so that uh, I'm going to save them. It's, it's good motives. Like, they're, they're going to become a Christian because I gave of myself to date them. Guys, that, that doesn't work. Let me just tell you, 999 times out of 1,000, that ends in heartache and brokenness Missionary dating is not a good idea. And why is that? Well, because it's two people joining together who are unequally yoked. So what does it mean to be yoked together? Not not eggs, we're not talking about uh, what you had for breakfast. No, look back by the sound booth, that big thing is a yoke. That is what, in old times, they would put around the oxen, the cows, around their shoulders and you'd have two of them sitting side by side that they would then pull the plow so that they could um, plant and harvest. So show me my picture of my oxen. So this is an example of what it means to be equally yoked. So you have two oxen that are about the same height. They're the same width and strength. They have the same purpose. They're walking together. That is what it means to be equally yoked. And so if you love Jesus, it means that you are with, uh, you're dating, getting married to somebody who also is loving and pursuing Jesus. Show me my next picture. This is an example of someone who's unequally yoked. This is a, uh, one ox is like, yeah, we're, we're doing the job. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be out there plowing. And the other ox is like, pass, I'm taking a nap. That is uh, unequal yoking. Look how, look how difficult it is on that cow. Like it's stranding its neck, and obviously they're not going anywhere because one cow has one uh, intention and one purpose, and the other cow has another one. Go to my next picture. And this is like, I don't even know whose idea this was, but they yoked together a camel with a cow. Now, now I'm not a smart man, but that doesn't seem real smart. <laughs> Putting a camel on a camel, I mean, look at the yoke. It, it is completely out of alignment, and then the, the stride of the camel is super long, whereas the ox is like super short. Uh, the strength difference, the height, I mean, you, you have all these differences there. That's that what it's like to be unequally yoked. They're going at different paces, they're different strengths. And the same thing in our relationships with people, we don't want to join ourselves together, to yoke ourselves together with somebody who has a different uh, purpose, has a different direction in their life, has different character values. I mean, it, it reminds me of whenever I was a freshman in college. I started dating this girl who was, uh, she had great character. Uh, she was fun to be around. Uh, we, we, we had some good chemistry um, the people around me looked at her and said, yeah, she's, she's a solid, Jesus-loving girl. And so we started dating, and about a couple weeks into it, we just started fighting all the time. And, and a month into it, we just decided, hey, this isn't working. We're going to break up. Well, why was that? Because we figured out that I was going one direction with my life and my purposes, and she was going another direction. And so being equally yoked isn't just spiritually, it's foundationally spiritually, but you also got to look at, okay, what, what, what's your life purposes and, and your, your goals here? What, what are you trying to uh, accomplish? And, and, and is one person going way faster than the other? Because it it's going to cause a lot of conflict and strife if you join yourself together to someone who's unequal. So you have to look at, do they love Jesus? Uh, and then... How do they love others? When, you are, when you're filtering people through your, your dating filter, you want to look at how do they treat the closest people to them? How do they treat their parents? How do they treat their friends? How do they treat random strangers? Guys, that, that'll tell you so much about the type of person that they are. You, you can't look at somebody who is a complete jerk to their parents or, or to their siblings and think, oh yeah, they'll, they'll, they're a jerk to them, but they'll be, they'll be real sweet to me. Now, once you get close and once the honeymoon phase is over, that same person is still there. And so don't, don't pursue somebody who is a complete jerk to other people. I mean, and you want to, as you're filtering, you want to be asking all these questions. Do they love Jesus. How do they treat other people? Are they patient? Are they kind to others? Uh, do they serve others eagerly, or are they uh, complainers? Like, Be asking all these questions that help you filter through. The questions and your observations are the filter by which you can weed out the bad so you're left with the good. So you want to recognize now that how somebody is before you guys start dating is more than likely how they 're going to be when you 're dating if they are pressuring you into sexual immorality uh, before you 're dating, I guarantee they 're going to pressure you into even greater sexual immorality when you 're dating you know like there 's this this craze nowadays of of guys sending girls text messages of like, send nudes. Guys, that, that makes me so angry. Because we as men are called to love and cherish and protect and provide for women. And when guys are, are, are telling them to send them a na- naked picture of them so that they can earn your affection, they are abusing them and they are using them for complete selfish purposes, it is absolutely unacceptable. Ladies, if you are getting requests for that, number one, report them. Report them to your parents. Tell your teachers. Heck, tell me, and I will show up at that dude's house at midnight. I don't care. We, we cannot allow this to, to be an okay thing. It's unacceptable. And God forbid there's any guys in here who are, are doing that, Receive God's mercy and His grace, um, but beg for forgiveness. Um, beg the person for forgiveness that that you have asked of that. Guys, that that is unacceptable. We as men are called to be the providers, the protectors. We are called to cherish the women around us, and especially the the ones that we date and marry. Guys, that that is unacceptable. If, if someone is pressuring you into sexual immorality before you're dating, you run the other way as fast as you can. Because that is a clear indicator that, number one, they're going to pressure you into immorality when you're dating. But number two, they're not going to be faithful to you. They're not going to be faithful. So she goes on, or Actually, the, the friends say, we rejoice and delight in you. We will praise your love more than wine. This is the friends that kind of sit outside of the relationship, and they're looking at Solomon and his bride, and they say, we rejoice and delight in you, and we'll praise your love more than wine. So you have these, these kind of unbiased friends here on the outside that look at this relationship and say, that is good. That is a good, God-honoring relationship. Why is this important? Well, we need wise, godly people around us who are willing to speak into our lives and and to tell us when, when somebody that we are pursuing or dating is not good for us. We are so easily deceived whenever we, we get kind of uh, passionate about somebody. We can self-deceive ourselves all day and think, oh, that, well, they're, they're really cute, but they, you know, they're, they kind of like um, have rage. But that's not a big deal because they're really cute. When you have a wise, godly friend around you, they're unbiased. They're not filled with that passion. They're able to say, man, you need to run the other way. That, that is not the relationship you want to put yourself in. And we need to be willing to receive that input from people. If everybody around you is telling you this is not a good relationship for you, maybe you should listen. Guys, we need godly community around us who is willing to counsel us to invest in our lives with their uh, wisdom and perspective. So the wife goes on in here and she says, dark am I, yet lovely, daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tents... Tint curtains of Solomon, do not stare at me because I am dark because I am darkened by the sun. Do you think that she's dark? I think she's probably dark. She is saying here that she is sunburned. She she she's really tanned, and and that doesn't make sense to us because we're like, man, I I pay like five hundred dollars a month to tan. Can't you tell? I tan so much. No, Uh, we we pay big money in this culture to tan, but back then. A a pale-skinned person was considered beautiful and desirable. Why is that? Well, because uh, if you were pale, it meant that you were wealthy and you didn't have to work in the fields all day. If you were poor, you had to work out in the sun and you you got a sweet little tan. So like like me being my pasty self, I'd be like Zac Efron or something 3,000 years ago, whereas now I just kind of blind people. But... um, Anyways, so she's, she's tanned and she's saying, look, I, I know that I'm, I'm dark because I've, I, I haven't cared for my body because I've been having to work so hard. And then she says, and my mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards. My own vineyard, I had to neglect. She's saying because she was working so hard, she had to neglect her own body. So this tells us a couple of things. Number one, it tells us that she is a hard worker, that she, she's probably working from sunup to sundown, and she's working with, with purpose and with conviction. But number two, it tells us that, that she is submissive to her authority. She, she submits to these brothers who probably in an unkind way um, tell her that she needs to go work in the field. But even still, she submits to them because that, that is a, a godly thing to do. We are all under authority. We are all called to submit to somebody. Whether it be your parents, whether it be your husband one day, whether it be Jesus, whether it be your pastors, we are all called to submit to somebody. So what, what do we learn from this woman here? Well, okay, so we already kind of went through a list of what we should be looking for. Well, tack onto that list. Man, are Are they hardworking? Is this person that you're, you're wanting to invest your time and your affection in? Are they hard workers or are they lazy? Guys, let me, let me just tell you that, that ladies, you don't want a lazy bum of a husband. I promise you. And fellas, you don't want a lazy bum of a wife. Being a wife and mom is crazy hard. You don't want somebody who's afraid of work. No, we, we need to be looking for uh, people who are willing to work and not afraid of it. But then also we need to look for people that are uh, submissive to the authority in their life. Guys, it, it is so uh, crucial that we are not only submit ourselves to the, the human authority, but that we submit ourselves to God. And when you're looking at this potential person, you have to ask yourself, Okay, number one, are they submitting to the human authority? Because if they submit to their human authority, it means that they will submit to God. When the going gets tough in your marriage, they will continue to submit themselves to God. Meaning they won't go outside of the marriage looking for intimacy. They won't, they won't leave one day with, with no word because they, they are committed to submitting themselves to God. Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceptive and beauty doesn't last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Guys, th- this culture is so infatuated with physical beauty and outward appearance, but the Bible tells us that, look, that, that charm, it's deceptive. It's lying to you. That, that beauty, it doesn't last. It fades away. Gravity always wins. Like When, when you're 60, gray hair... Wrinkles, like, it's it just, it, how, it's how God made us. That physical beauty doesn't last, but what does last is the character that's inside of that person. If you join yourself together with somebody who has terrible character, then when that physical beauty fades, they get in a car wreck, or they get in a fire and they're burned, like, you're left with, what? Nothing. But if you join yourself together with somebody who has godly, good, attractive character, then the physical attraction is just, it's a cherry on top. Like it, It's not the main course because they are godly and they have good, strong character. So as we look and try and uh, filter through all these people that we're seeing What's kind of like a master list of what we should be looking for? Well, let's, let's talk about a few of these and uh, this is kind of wrapping up together everything that we've said here today. Do they love, do they love Jesus? Do they love uh, others well? Do they work hard? Do they, uh, are they kind to their parents, to their siblings? Do they lie if they're lying to people now, they're going to lie to you in a relationship. Are they generous with others? Are they servant-hearted? Because we, we need to be looking at, at people's character uh, to see exactly who they are, because who they are now will determine so much of who they are when you're married to them. So if you see someone that catches your interest, so you, you, you see someone, and you're like, "Ah, oh, that, that's a potential." You, you know what I'm talking about? Like, hmm. Okay, I could see that happening. What, what What are kind of the steps that you need to go through? Well, first of all, I would start hanging out in groups with that person. See how they interact with with their friends. See how they interact with uh, tough situations that come their way. Do they Do they just crumple under the weight of of pressure, or are are they are they strong and convicted? There was this girl that I had a crush on in college and uh, I, I saw uh, just very little of her, but we began to hang out more. And whenever we, we started hanging out more, I, I saw uh, over the course of several months, every time that, that a tough situation came her way, and she was so quick to complain. And she was so quick to just to just start whining. and And after a while, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to, if I want to spend the rest of my life with that, like, life is hard. I, I, I don't want to join myself together with somebody who's complaining all the time. How do they respond to adverse situations? And then, as you're hanging out together in groups, get input from your godly, wise friends. Don't be afraid to ask your friends, hey, hey what do you think of this person? What do you think of this guy, this girl? Are, they, are we a good fit? Do they... Do they like put on the, the same face with me as they do with, with other people? Are they, are they a good fit for me? And then as you observe their character, you can kind of get an idea of who they are now, which will help you determine who they're going to be when you're in a relationship with them. Guys, we, we want to pursue people who uh, are dedicated to Christ, first and foremost, that are, we're equally yoked with. And when we do that, when we, when we let the foundation of our relationship be godly character and not just outward appearance and not just, they make me laugh, when we let it be godly character, then everything on top of that can be uh, bonuses. So when somebody has good uh, character and integrity, yeah, then you want to, you start there. And then beyond that, ask yourself, do I enjoy this person? Do I like hanging out with them? There's no point in pursuing a relationship with somebody who you don't enjoy. And then then you gotta keep asking yourself questions like like, do they, um, do we get along well? Do I miss them when when we're gone? There's a a whole host of questions that that you need to be asking as you go through a relationship to, to either be checking off boxes or giving them Xs. And if you get too many Xs, then you need to abort that mission. Because you, don't, you, you have a short time on earth. You, you can't waste it by, by investing your heart and your emotions with people that, that aren't on the same page with you. I'm gonna invite the band to make their way up here and we're gonna wrap up today. Three times in Song of Songs, it says this. It says, do not arouse or awaken love until the time is right. Do not arouse or awaken love until the time is right. So what does it mean that the time is right? Well, the world will just tell you that that dating and sex is just harmless fun. But God says, no, wait for the right time. Wait until you're ready. Wait until you're, you're ready to be married within the next couple of years. Don't just date just to date. No, date with the intention of marrying. Not that everyone you date has to be your spouse, but don't just play games with relationships. Life is too short for that. What else does it mean that the time is right? Well, it means that you have a clear idea of the type of person that you wanna marry. What type of character do you want them to have? What what type of purpose do you want them to have in life? And then what, what does it mean to have the right time? Well, it also means that that you are so firm in your convictions and your morality that you're not willing to compromise them for anyone. And if it means losing a boyfriend or a girlfriend because because they want that from you and you're not willing to give it to them, then good riddance, good riddance. Guys, a relationship that is built on sexual immorality will have so many more problems than a relationship that is built on on holiness and on pursuing Christ together. Dating is a good thing, but we have to do it in in a proper, healthy way. God designed everything to work in a specific way, And, and if we're not looking at his word to see what he has to say about our situations, then we are just... We are lost in the middle of the night without any kind of light. We need to be seeking God's word as we move into a time of response. I want you to grab the the pen and paper from under your seat and just think through what what is your your normal perception of what your ideal spouse is. And then ask yourself, does that line up with God's? Does that line up with God's ideal spouse? Am I more concerned with outward appearance and with shallow things than I am with godly character? If you are then just ask God to change the way that you think. Ask him to, to change your perspective on what is good and what you should be pursuing. And he'll do that. Guys, relationships, dating, marriage, sex, it's all good things. But we have to do it within the proper boundaries if we want to have the, the best that we can have. you to go ahead and just write out your prayer to the Lord whether that's God I I don't know if I believe what what this dude is saying I don't know if I believe your word if it's true would you help me to believe it or whether it's God I have this person that I've set my affection on that that is not a a godly man a godly, godly woman Lord would you give me the strength to break this off And then resolve here this morning that, that you're going to save yourself for the gold that is left at the filter. Start filtering out people. And don't settle for less than somebody who loves Christ and who has integrity. As we respond here this morning, we, we're gonna worship together. We have tithes and offerings Guys, don't don't hold back. Don't just go through the motions like Bailey said earlier. Let's, Let's recognize that the God of the universe is here with us, that he has given us his book, his instruction manual on life, and not only that, but his love letter to us so that we could get to know him. Let's worship that God here together. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that you've given us. God, would you help us to believe what you say? Lord, in spite of what the world says, in spite of what our culture says, help us to believe what you say. Lord, in whatever way we need to change, would you give us the grace, give us the strength to do that? Lord, we want to submit to you. We want to honor you. you help us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.